All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 207 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board, and I am joined by Wheeze. Daniel, good to see you. Uh, 69th Blizzard, Ken, and Marcus Almighty, Mark. So, gentlemen, as always, good to get together and talk all things KISS. I think it's important at the top of this show just to note something that has occurred uh, this morning, and that is the passing of Richie Scarlett's wife, Joanne, after a courageous battle with ALS. You know, if you want to keep Richie and and his family uh, in your prayers or thoughts, you know, please do so. It's a very tough time for them uh, with this. So, you know, Richie, we're thinking of you and your family. Um, and that's from the, the KISS FAQ community. Um, moving on to, I guess, Ace Frehley related stuff. There's no way to kind of uh, avoid a kind of awkward segue from that uh, distressing news into Ace has basically just replaced Richie and the rest of his uh, solo band with the Gene Simmons band. You know, guys, and uh, this came up on Cassius Morris's show. He did Ace did an interview with him. Congratulations, by the way, Cassius, for getting that interview with Ace. You continue to get move up and up and up. Here will be the next Mitch Lafon or Eddie Trunk, I think. And um, I'm just going to read the quote, and it's Ace says, "I'm changing the lineup in my band. I'm actually going to start working with the band that backed up Gene on his recent solo tours. I worked with them in Australia." They also did eight shows with me in Japan, and I realized that I think they were better than my current lineup, so I've decided to make a change. They're younger and more hungry. There is absolutely no doubting that they are younger and hungry, and they're a fantastic group of guys. Um, presumably the people who are going to come over to that band are Phil Schaus, who I think will probably move over onto bass, uh, Jeremy Asbrock, Ryan Spencer-Cook, um, and drummer has been mentioned is Matt Starr. Uh, replacing Scotty Coogan. So, you know, band lineups change. What are your guys' thoughts on that change, Mark? Oh, boy. Okay, well, I'm going to say this. I understand the need to change sometimes, and uh, I think, though, that the timing is a little bad. I mean, there's no way that I don't think that Ace was unaware of you know, Richie's situation with his wife, maybe with how things are going. I think he could have maybe timed that a little bit better with him, especially. Uh, but, you know, the new the new guys, that, you know, obviously the, the Gene Simmons band, they're great guys. They, they are fantastic performers. He's obviously going to have a great band backing him now. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it kind of rubs me a little bit the wrong way because Richie's been with him for so long. So have these guys. I mean, right when he was kind of making his come back into the scene he was they were they were behind him you know they and they were supporting him through everything and now you know just to kind of dump them off for a hip new shiny new young band kind of seems a little i don't know disingenuous to me to be honest but whatever i mean i don't that's nothing against the gene simmons band i think that, like i said they're great they perform fantastically i met the the drum that one guy chris who brought his drum set that one year to the Nashville pod, the thing we went to there. Yeah, that's Christopher Williams, the acceptor, <laughs> yeah. who's, who's not a part of this, of course. 
Uh, yeah. And uh, but anyways, I you know I met a bunch of different people, but they, it was great though. You know, these guys are great musicians, and you know he'll do well with them. But I I don't know. I just the way he worded it too kind of rubbed me the wrong way too, saying that you know younger and hungrier. Well, I mean, okay, sure. Richie and them have been playing for a long time. This is not a a new thing for them. So that happens. These guys that you have now, they're going to become less hungrier with time as well. So, Yeah, who knows? Uh, Daniel, any thoughts on the switch up in the lineup or you don't care who plays with Ace as long as Ace is out there? Well, I do care a little bit at least who plays with Ace. And I feel that a, um, Richie has somewhat of a history with the Ace Frehley band. And I think that's kind of important these new guys, they're so, they're really hired guns, so to speak. And I feel that I would rather actually see Rich in the band, even though I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about him. I still, I still think he, he, he brings energy and he, uh, he moves around, jumps around, and he ex- actually can sing um, uh, lead vocals on a few songs. So I'll miss Richie, the rest of the band. I, I don't care that much about Scott Coogan and, and the other guys, but but Richie, I would have loved to see him stay in the band. Uh, but there's no uh, denying the way he sounds with uh, the Gene Simmons band. They're a tight band and they're Kiss fans. So I'm sure he will have a good time with them. But I, I would have loved to see Richie holding that gig a, a bit longer. Uh, I feel that he's like a real member of the Ace Frehley band. Mm-hmm. The other guys are like, just like replacements and you can have, I don't care if they switch out these uh, Gene Simmons, this Gene Simmons band the next year with Django guys, because I don't have a connection with those guys, but I do feel they're good, but uh, I feel a little bit sad for, for, for Richie. Yeah, totally. And I, I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Richie fan and that I was thrilled last year to finally get to see an Ace Frehley lineup with him in as Richie was part of Frehley's Comet at the beginning, 1984. You look at all those demos or many of those demos, he's got co-write credits on quite a few of them. You know, he, he was a part of it. Yeah, he left the band before, you know, the first album and then came back in for Trouble Walking. So I'm going to miss him. I mean... He's he's either you love him or hate him. There's really no middle ground. Some people like Gene's criticisms of him that he's you know moving around too much, taking limelight. He's just rock and roll. I mean, he plays in a fucking yeah. played in a, a a Rolling Stones cover band, and you know he which guitarist mm-hmm. he was playing in that role, right? You know, exactly. he's played with a lot of great musicians the mountain gig um you know he played bass on peter's recordings that have yet to come out he's done a lot of really cool stuff timing a lot of people knew that joanne was sick so ace knew um there there can never be good timing i don't think anyone expects uh you know there to been anything no malicious intent in the announcement and how it how it was handled she's been sick for a while uh it's not been discussed publicly out of respect don't don't you think it's a an economical decision as well i i sure think the 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 younger guys are a lot cheaper than having richie and uh you know that bass player and and scott coogan 
I I have no idea what the economics are. I can I just think... go, I could just go by the size of the gigs Ace has been doing in the states, and he's not exactly playing large venues. You know, he's had a good run in Australia, again not to humongous audiences, and a good multi-day stand in Japan. So you know, I I, I don't care about the economics. I I. No? I'm more interested on how Ace does with a really tight ass band. I mean, those guys are freaking monster players, and that's the Jeans uh, Jeans band. You know, they can play anything. They love. They're not just Kiss guys. They are music guys. They play a lot of different music, and they play it well. You know, and think of all the songs that Gene has been playing on his solo outings. What are they going to persuade Ace to do? That's what I'm more interested in. Ken, what's your take on this whole, I guess, debacle? I don't know if it's a debacle. And and we, I don't think we, we may not even know everything. I mean, there may be a reason, uh, maybe because uh, Richie's mother was you know, sick at the time. Um, you know, he may have said, I need some time off, you know, um, and that could have been part of the whole change. Plus, the other option here or their point is uh, this Gene Simmons band, I guess we're calling it, um, is obviously we know they can play everything. And that's one of the reasons I think he, he's, he chose them, um, because he would not be doing playing his full solo album that he's supposed to be doing Um coming up uh, with his current lineup um I, I just don't see i don't think that would have happened um but with these guys from the gene sims band they know all the kiss stuff uh shoot they uh, they know better than ace i'm sure uh, <laughs> so that's one of the reasons that he, he picked them because they can they'll be able to do this stuff and do anything any song from his past you know catalog um, so that's one of the reasons I, I kind of, you know, uh, the way, you know, they say, well, they, they fired the band and stuff, but I look at kind of like this, you know, even though the guys are still good, Richie Scarlett's great, as we know, and been there a long time. It's kind of like when, uh, Montana was let go from the 49ers and, and they brought in Steve Young, right? You know, there was the people that, you know, Steve Young, you know, Montana could still play. Obviously, he could play in the East for a few more years, but uh, it's kind of that kind of thing where you got a good guy, but you got the young guy in here. You're going to bring this young guy who's pretty darn good and has a lot of potential. Um, but I think Steve Young, they kind of already had an idea that he would eventually be brought in. I think this is kind of more unexpected. Yo, 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 well, that's yo, why yo, he's hey, back. Hey, up. hey, hey, settle, yeah. settle. Fuck the Santa Clara Gold Diggers. I, I don't want to talk about that <laughs> fucking team on this show. <laughs> what they've done, the Yorks. Like, yo, fuck that. Let's talk music, please. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's a, maybe a, not a great analogy, but um, that's the closest one I can get. But anyway, it's because I think the main fact is is this band can play anything. And I guess he liked what he heard when he was playing with them and how it, how it you know worked out in that short period of time that he you know was over uh, in Australia or in Japan or whatever um, to to play with him. So uh, that's part of it. And now he's going to do the you know the like I said more of the his solo stuff from '78 and we'll see what happens. But I, I think you have to re- remind yourself. Uh, why he started to play with a band 
in the first place. It was because it was a lot cheaper in Australia. I mean, Gene even told him you can keep <laughs> oh, yeah. all you can keep all the money yourself almost if you play with he my said, band. He so, said he could save seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, said. something <laughs> like that. So uh, Ace Frehley can say, well, they're a lot tighter, they're young, they're hungry, but but I feel and I think that it has a lot to do with the economics. I don't see that Ace Could is. Be. Yeah, I think it's that way. But that's money is life. money is a big motivator. Don't yeah, 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 don't yeah, kid yeah. don't kid yourself. Yeah, and, and come on, the size of venues he's playing, he's I doubt he's getting massive guarantees. I think they've probably been on a descending. You know, coming in for a landing. But, you know, again, there's no begrudging the Gene Simmons boys. I, no. they, they will always have my utmost respect. And business is business. You know, it, it is sometimes yeah. cruel. Um, so, you know, yeah, it, it, it is also... what it is. And I can't wait to see what they do with it. You know, we're leading mm-hmm. now into the release of Spaceman. And next yeah. next Friday, they've got um, – Good Day New York on Fox uh, t- live TV appearance to perform Ace's Rockin' with the Boys single. Apparently, drummer uh, Paul Simmons will be uh, filling in on that gig. So, you know, then they've got the Kiss Cruise coming up, and that's going to be three shows. And I want to see all three of those. If there's any way I can get to see every single one of those <laughs> those shows with them. Uh, I'm going to be absolutely thrilled, but I will also be highly satisfied just to see one. And let's also talk about other things. You know, the lineup has been very fluid over the last year in particular for Ace's band. You know, Chris Wise has been in and out. He's had a, a, I can't remember the chap's name, and I do apologize, filling in on bass. Chris has Hollywood Vampires, the Joe Perry solo tour coming up as well. So he's got things going. Obviously, Richie has family um, issues, uh, which he's been coping with and will be dealing with now, obviously, for for the short term. I think Scotty's still got lynch mob. Um, but, you know, again, I don't really follow him particularly closely. So, you know, they've got other things going on. And it's as working musicians, you're always scrambling, looking for the next next. So um, just like the Gene boys, if they can keep Ace, if they can get Ace stepping up to the microphone on time because they're lighting a candle under his ass to up his game, you know, Ace is doing very well. But he is sloppy, but he'll have the backup of an additional guitar. Maybe that will help him be a better performer and a better show. And, you know, to totally have a, a unit behind him, they can sing as well. So it, it's going to introduce a very interesting oh, yeah. dynamic. And, Ken, you mentioned one of the other things, and that's uh, organizers of the Indy and New Jersey Kiss Expos have uh, united for the December Christmas party. Uh, 2018. That's uh, December the 7th, 8th, and 9th at the Hilton in Parsippany, New Jersey. Tickets are going on sale on Sunday for vendors and uh, general admissions, and apparently there'll be VIP packages, and Ace will be there with his solo band to perform his full 1978 solo album. So right then and there. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that's incredible. Anyone who went to the Indie Expo knows what an incredible job Keith and the team does there. So uniting with the guys who do the New Jersey one. And it just happens to be the same weekend as some other former Kiss guitarist. Has, <laughs> some uh, shredder. That's, that's amazing how that happened. So now I'm having to figure out how the fuck to get from Memphis to Parsippany. Um, <laughs> you know, th- thanks a lot for those of us who are locked into one of those two nights. I'm glad I've only got the Friday. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. And just mentioning uh, one other thing about Vinny while we're talking about guitarists is uh, the news this week was uh, 
worked out. Apparently, he's working on three LPs for 2019. I don't know. Uh, there's so much dis <laughs> disinformation and static that I don't really want to go there. I'd rather see how things go with Chiller, The Gathering 3, Kiss Crew's Pre-Party, and Graceland before worrying about one album, let alone three albums. Um, <laughs> and there's no there's no confirmed can do it directly to, you know, Mr. Ank Warrior. So I'd rather all of that shit gets dialed back and under-promised rather than, uh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's just so, you know, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, under-promise and over-deliver. So, uh, let's see. Other news, last things. Uh, Greatest Kiss is being reissued in Japan on SHM CD. On, um, mm. Also, you've got the Cat number 1 CD coming out on uh, Mini LP Cardboard Sleeve on October 24th. Hop on over to CD Japan if either of those interest you. Um, Solo Album Award. People are posting their pictures. It looks fucking incredible. So to yeah. Keith and the team on that piece of product, again, I wouldn't buy one. But as merchandise, it looks absolutely fantastic. So uh, congrats on quality. Everyone's thrilled to see their names on that award. Finally, and then we'll do today's show unreleased dynasty footage circulating on youtube oh, yeah. it's not unreleased it's been out about five different times it's fresno 79 um it's done the rounds repeatedly but if it's new to you now enjoy but uh it, it's it... <laughs> all right so today's show is actually another one of the your topics and we've polled um, friends and people we know and people who follow us on Facebook and on the FAQ message board for things that you want us to kind of talk about and address. And uh, we've reserved a few topics uh, for each of us that we'll get to as we go through it. But let's get started with, uh, you know, probably, you know, here, here's the most um, straightforward question. And it's from uh, Matt Hornilid from uh, Sweden. Will it still be Kiss without Gene and Paul? <laughs> Daniel. Uh, no. no, 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 it won't even be close. It, it will be another tribute band. Uh, I don't really know if they are going to uh, go through with that uh, idea that they had a few years back that they would replace Gene and Paul. And, and they, they were saying that, well, people that said that we can't keep Kiss without us are at the moment 50% wrong because... We have replaced two other guys, but Gene and Paul, you can't replace those guys. Come on. No way. Maybe you can do some sort of, you know, uh, the Las Vegas theater show that where you, you put actors, musicians in the roles of Paul and Gene and, and do a short run. But you can't make it the real kiss. You have to make Anyone like, can be replaced. <laughs> I don't think so. Anybody can be replaced. Yeah, 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 yeah. Paul Stand over there. No, no way. So it it won't happen. Uh, not uh, not at least as the real kiss. But but I see it being sort of a you know like a theater or something. You you play some footage from Kiss through the years, and then you have musicians, actors playing a few songs. You can do something with it, but but you can't you know brand it like. Kiss is continuing without Gene and Paul, but but it'll be interesting to see what Gene and Paul come up with. They're full of ideas. It's as Mark was uh, muttering under your your talk. I'm going to go to Ken next. 
yeah i mean they're gonna still exist in some fashion um obviously um without if it's without gene and paul um yeah i don't i don't know if they're gonna do the 2.0 thing um though uh you know i saw something yesterday um with uh regarding the you know the holograms again um and it was it was with well hold on and I guess it's the technology getting you know better and better, but they had you know it's Roy Orbison. Um, I saw him, I was like, man, that's pretty good, you know. Um, uh, so maybe they go that route if the technology is there and good enough, they could you know put a '77 show together as a you know with holograms or who knows what. Um, it would be pretty cool if it, if it worked somehow. Um, but uh, yeah, without Gene and Paul. I don't know. I mean, it's been Kiss even without Ace and Peter, I guess. So it just keeps going, and then one member goes, and another member comes in. So, you know, it's possible. Kiss, they put together a band, they call it Kiss, so it's Kiss. Um, yeah, it's not the original Kiss, but it's, it's Kiss, because they branded it that way, whoever the guys are in the band. Uh, whether it works or not, who knows? Right. Mark. Yeah. Mark, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was no, I'm just gonna say, like, listen, anybody can be replaced. That's whether you like it or not. That's the way it works. And look at lots of bands that I like have had members replaced throughout the years. Do I like it? No, maybe not. And of course, I'd rather have you know the original people in the band. But I mean, one of the bands that I really love as well, yes, to me, have proven that you can do it. I mean, they've replaced John Anderson. I mean, the, the voice, the whole thing behind it, yes. They replaced him with another guy who is doing just as good a job. Now, I like him actually a lot better than John Anderson, believe it or not. And, you know, it, it to me, I think the whole bottom line is it's all the mentality of the audience. If the audience is willing to accept change and accept the fact that if I accept it and get behind this, then I could have another 50 years of this band with younger people and have it develop and have lots more records then it's a great thing. But if you got, if people are shut off to it and don't want it to happen, then you're going to have a, a finality and an end to this one way or another. So to me, I'd rather have it continue with people that, that, that are accepted in a band. I mean, Chris Squire, before he died, he literally picked his replacement in Billy Sherwood on bass, and the audience re- respected his decision and got behind it, and they had no issues with it. And I think that's why if Paul and Gene did something similar – and I still think, in the back of my mind, I still think that Evan's going to get involved somehow. I mean, in the last thing that just happened now in the Las Vegas thing with that songwriters thing, he was with Paul there playing and jamming with him. Who knows what's happening in the background? Maybe he's grooming him to take him take over for him, you know? Who knows, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think the audience would be more okay with his son taking over for him than somebody totally different, right? So... But like I said, it all go, it all boils back to whether you want to accept it or not. That's all it is. But just think of it. Play, play your own father for the for your as a career move. What a what a, I mean, going out there. Well, I'm pretending to be my father. I, I, I can't see him doing that, even though it sounds kind of interesting. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying. No, no, a, I, I understand you. you, you but, 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 I think he has, the bandit maker. He, he wants to be make his 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 own uh, path in in the, yeah. in the music business. So I don't think that's 
going to happen. But but uh, and you say people can be replaced. Well, try replacing Steven Tyler. Try try replacing some guys you can't replace. I don't know. Bon Scott. Yeah, Bon Scott. Well, never yeah, mind. He got yeah, come on, come on, Robert yeah, yeah, Plant. Yeah. They were taught. They were thinking about it. You know. Um, well, so uh, Ryan think, Johnson got replaced. But I mean, when yeah, you, when we're the talking, biggest guy in rock. You know, <laughs> the biggest. Uh, singer, the most famous singer. Of course, you can replace him with that guy, but try picking picking one of the. You know, Paul and Gene don't won't pay Axl Rose to play Gene no, Simmons. I, they would pick not. the sheep. They would pick the cheapest guy they could find uh, <laughs> yeah. in order to save money. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I hope they don't brand it as Kiss, more like some sort of you know play Kiss. In theaters now, see how it was back in the day, something like that. The kiss experience, kiss. but but you know, here you go. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. talking about Evan. Talk about daddy issues. Um, you know, <laughs> that that would be a mess. But but to me, kiss stands for kiss is Stanley. Stupid. You know, can can you replace Gene? Yeah, you can actually. There are some very very convincing genes. We've said it before on the show. Paul Stanley is the problem. Uh, because of his charisma, his style, his voice, uh, everything about Paul wrapped up into one trying to replace him. Now, I think what Mark said is fascinating. If he picked his own replacement and said, this is my guy, then I, I guess all bets are off that anything is possible. Uh, would I want it billed as Kiss? No. Um, can Kiss survive without Simmons and Stanley? I don't know. It, what is Kiss? Kiss if they continue to own it, then it's not really without them, even if they're not the participants on stage. It's the, the touring Kiss experience, whatever. I don't know. I'd have to wait and see how it all played out. But for me, Paul Stanley is the reason I'm a Kiss fan. It's because He's the reason I became a Kiss fan. He's the reason I've remained a Kiss fan um, all of these years, as much as I love Peter and the other members. So for me... You, you, you can't take the heart out of a living creature and have it continue to live. And that is Paul Stanley. Let's move on to it. And, and nowadays, Paul Stanley is the reason you don't like Kiss. So it's, it's the reason behind <laughs> everything. For, for, for some, that may, that may be the case yeah. where they are suggesting that a heart transplant is needed for the patient. But, you know, we'll, we'll leave that one there. Let's uh, let's do another question from uh, another Swedish question, I think. Lixella, wherever that is, Soderland. Uh, Linda Soderland, uh, which is the best Kiss cover? And, yeah, which is the best Kiss cover Kiss has done? Um uh, I'm going to start. I'm going to say King of the Nighttime World, because, yes, it is a cover. True. Um, and what they did to the song really took it from plodding, um, unseasoned, <laughs> unspectacular, and made it spectacular. So, uh, yeah, it hadn't, hadn't been released, I don't think, but uh, that's just my easy cop-out one rather than talking about kissing time or anything. Ken. All right. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you know, no one like, heard that <laughs> song. So everyone thinks that's Kiss's original, you know, it, it's a st original. But it, okay. It so, but, so I'm a pussy then who just copped out of the question. Sorry. You can that's all right. That. That's all right. I did not say that. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, just thinking back, I'm going to go with 2000, man. Um, where they, I think, improved over the original uh, Stones version. 
uh, where, I mean, that's, that's dangerous taking a band like the stones and, and covering the song, you know, yeah. you know, thank God they didn't do the Beatles. I don't think they would have pulled that one off, but doing the 2000 man, uh, they did a great job, you know, they aceified it and, and, uh, and made it a, their own, you know, their own song. So that's the one I would pick. Yeah. Good one. Mark. Yeah, I was going to actually pick the same one because I thought uh, huh? after hearing the the Stones version of it, um, it's definitely a marked improvement in my opinion. I, I think that Ace has a way of taking a song like that and really making his making his own, putting his own stamp on it. And I, I think it's I think it's a lot, you know, it's a lot more catchy. I mean, I, I was never really into the whole psychedelia era of the Rolling Stones to begin with. So that version of it never really, you know caught my ear so to speak but yeah i definitely think that that's their strongest cover yeah if that that album it comes off is not one of the stones better <laughs> albums for sure no. <laughs> um daniel what is yeah. yours well you all pick great ones but uh for me it was uh, a, a cover they did fairly late on in their career and it was uh god gave rock and roll to you uh because mm-hmm. i think it was such an improvement from the previous record when it comes to the way it sounded, the way they performed it, um, everything, the production. Uh, and, uh, it was kind of the uh, the start of the uh, revenge era, so to speak, which I like. Mm, and uh, of course, I hadn't heard the original, but after hearing the original, I certainly would say that Kiss's version is a big improvement. Um, and uh, they made it kind of, it sounds like a Kiss song. I would never have guessed when I heard the original that it could ever become a Kiss song, but they managed mm-hmm. to do it. And uh, I think everything about it is really good, uh, from the video to the production to to, to the vocals to, uh, yeah, Eric Singer's drumming. <coughs> uh, the only thing I don't like is what they're really singing about, that God gave rock and roll to you. But that's for another show. <laughs> I know you. You people over there are very religious. Sometimes. Hey, Daniel. America. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, the, actually two covers, if you think about it, at least on that, because uh, um, "Rock and Roll Hell" wasn't that done by uh, BTO. BTO. Yeah. Bachman Turner Overdrive. Um, mm-hmm. I think they approved on that too, because I've heard the original. They, that. they, they told, and I was just going to, I was just going to mention that one. You know, so okay. mo- dialing back from my cop out, my pick would be Rock and Roll Hell, <laughs> because number one, it's the bombastic creature sound and what it improved on as well. Um, yeah. it, it it really was an improvement on the BTO one, though it retained the kind of angst and you know misery yeah. that <clears throat> was portrayed in the original recording. And yeah, it has the extra verse too. So uh, anyone who loves Spinal Tap knows that having one extra is always good. So exactly. <laughs> you, you know they, they've had some very good covers throughout their career. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was almost on the fence about the Ramones tribute you know cover but yeah. they're, they're really it's not enough of an official kind of kiss um tribute track and rock show was also very good uh, venus and mars mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but had they ever done that who song that would be it but it, they didn't all right so everyone reserved one of these topics on our list um for them to uh take the lead on today so mark why don't you kick us off with uh the topic that you wanted to start off on Okay, well, I think when I uh, originally 
went online and told everybody what I thought I wanted to reserve. I know Daniel chimed in right away and uh, made a few comments about it. Uh, but the one that I picked was, which of all the Kiss albums would you give a completely different sound mix? And that was from Matthias Ferry from um, Umea, Sweden, I believe it's. And uh, I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out which album I'm going to say for this. Uh, Hotter than hell. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's Destroyer, obviously. Um, and what, you know, like I said before, Destroyer to me is that record that just sticks out like a sore thumb, like the thumb that got hit with a big hammer on it, you know. Um, and I just don't, like I said, I've never understood what he, that whole final product. Kiss to me has a certain sound which got, you know, totally, uh, it pinnacled on rock and roll over, in my opinion. That's the sound of Kiss, the sound that I love with Kiss. And, you know, Destroyer is just the complete opposite of that. You know, what with the strings and the orchestras and, the, you know, come on. I mean, it's that, that's just not Kiss to me. I think that, you know, if Bob would have took those elements out of it and just maybe tried to approach it as a more straight-ahead rock and roll album, I might have had less issue with it. Because like I said, I like a lot of the other albums Ezrin's worked on, the Floyd stuff, the Alice Cooper stuff. I like, I mean, it's not just him personally, no matter what people think. You know, I just think that what he did is he tried to take a band that had a sound that was working for them, and he tried to turn it into something that just wasn't them. I just don't think that that's them on album. I don't like that sound at all i think it needs to be nuclear blasted and gotten rid of and taken off for their discography reason number 9874 for bob ezrin to hate me thank you um ken what would be the album that you think should be given a completely different sound mix well there's been a lot but um okay kiss kiss album yeah, I know, I know. Um, the Kiss album, I'm going to go with, it's kind of been a hard decision. I mean, there's some obvious ones, but uh, I'm going to pick um, Crazy Nights. Because, <laughs> sorry if I took you. Um, because that's, that was Kiss neutered, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, yeah. That would have been greatly, you know, if it would be better if it was mixed with, you know, bring those guitars up, push the uh, uh, keyboards back. Um, um, you can't fix the the vocals because, you know, whatever, you know, it's it's they are what they are, pretty much. I have, guess you have could you, have you heard some of the track or do whatever you no, want. Have, have you what? heard Have you heard some of the uh... Um, slowed down and pitch corrected versions of it you know, sounds a little better. Yeah, I yeah, guess ha- they could ha- do that. Half a step on what was it? Uh, I'll fight hell to hold you. You know, really works. Uh, it doesn't work so much on my way. I don't think anything can salvage that. But then you just replace that fucking song. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the one that it's come on. They got too polished uh, there and and. Uh, yeah, it was just it just wasn't a true Kiss I don't think album in this sense. Yeah, I I want to hear them. I mean, those songs would have been a lot better, but the heavier upfront guitars, more separation and and raw. Um, uh, even bring the drums up. 
you know, uh, more too. I just never, you know, just the guitars, period. You know, um, I just want to hear that stuff. Even I don't think I remember hearing much bass on that. You know, um, geez, you know, come on. Yeah, bring the, up that the, stuff. The, so the, that, the guitar is more in the mix. It is beautiful guitar work by Bruce. But I, I mean, you just go and, and people are obviously. Gonna... I agree with with Bruce's guitar. Is, uh, his his solo was is fantastic on the album it's just you know just the overall is 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 not very good um so yeah if they do a re-release of that and remix it uh they should call it kiss you know crazy nights uh unneutered or whatever <laughs> just <laughs> just call it something like yeah hey, or we got our balls back or something uh, i mean she's i don't know yeah, just, just, a just bad do, producer do a deluxe edition, Crazier Nights. You know, uh, that was going to be my pick as well. That's I like I'm, 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 mine I'm, as well. I'm just bouncing here to get in on this. You know, the demos for you know Paul songs are out there now. Um, the demos for some of Jeans were on the vaults. The unreleased stuff, Sword and Stone's been out there for a long time. Hide Your Heart's been out there for a long time. Um, are you always this hot is now out there dialogue for love. They've got a fantastic album there. And when you listen to the original demos and the, yeah, it is often the case where you can never go back and capture the emotion and energy that goes into that original demo. That demoitis is, you know, obviously a disease that crazy nights is a perfect illustration of transferring from the original intent of the demo that is captured all the emotion and energy into the polished, you know, quality, form that can be sold so customers is everything is lost you know it was like it was put through a rinser and all you came out was <laughs> unseasoned spaghetti at the end um the, the demos are outstanding the songs are very good in lower pitch the singing the performances are fantastic crazy <laughs> nights could really benefit from a deluxe treatment and i'll just leave it there it, it's a fucking good album it's good material and it's just, you know, the one that I would really, really love to see them touch and, and tinker with and just sit in the studio and go through those multi tracks and put sliders up and down and fade things and, you know, maybe put the keyboards where they belong. I think they still have a role, but uh, yeah. maybe a little bit less 80s mentality. Uh, again, no disrespect to Ron Nevison. It's just uh, not a great sounding album when it comes to what you expect from Kiss. Daniel, get the last word in on this one. Well, Crazy Nights is the obvious choice. It was mine as well. But but uh, thinking about the Kiss albums, I have another one that I would have loved to see Kiss uh, go in and remix or redo and adjust, you know. Uh, and that's one of my favorite albums because you had Creatures of Night in 82 and Kiss Revenge in 92. I think both those albums sound great. But in between, those records in between, well, Lick It Up sounds pretty good as well. But then you have Animalize, Asylum, Crazy Nights, Heart in the Shades. Heart in the Shade, all those four albums could be improved. And I would have loved to see one, you know, Asylum, if they could do something about the guitar sound. There's something wrong with the guitar sound on, on Asylum. I really I don't like it. And maybe you could put the drums a bit more up front so you can really hear the double double kick double bass kick drum uh, and you know king of the mountain with crunchy guitars and a good sounding eric Carr behind the kit i think that could have been a really good sounding album so i would have loved them to see to see them do something about asylum 
even though I like it as it is, it could sound a lot better. So that would be my second pick if I can't pick Crazy Nice. Wow. Just wow. Okay. Yep. We're gonna... <laughs> Sorry about that. Just going to have to move on from that. Uh, Rhiannon <laughs> on the board asks, with Gene confirming a new Kiss box set uh, to be released at some point, what is the single track that you most want to hear on there? Um and Rhiannon, and I like your pick of uh, Back on the Streets, but let's uh, just take it. This is Gene Simmons speaking, so nothing is actually confirmed, likely, plausible, possible, or will you know, necessarily come to pass eventually. Um, Mark, what's the one song that you would most like to be featured on a new Kiss Box work to happen? Well, not having the actual vault that came out, so I'm not really sure what's on there. Um, but one song I've always been kind of curious about hearing is the original uh, demo that was done with Paul Apalt, with Gene and Vinny for Unholy. I, I would like to have heard how that started off and how what the roots of that were. Um, I don't know if there's anything floating around with that on there, but um, that's always been a song that I've wanted to hear. So Maybe one day your wish will come true. Daniel. Well, um, I don't know. I kind of like those working tapes or whatever they call when you hear them in the studio working the songs out. So I'm sure there's a lot of that stuff, at least somewhere, uh, because that seems to be the the way they they do the albums. They they at least at at a certain point in time they they went into the studio and just tried stuff out and recorded everything and picked. Uh, pick from that so i really like to hear more of those tapes you know there's a lot from the dynasty sessions maybe you can um, it would be great to hear something from the later records uh, if they still did it that way i'm not sure but uh, uh would be for example revenge or or, or uh, maybe one of the 80s album i, I would like to hear that I, I think that could be really interesting Ken. Yeah, um, thinking. I thought about you know pulling just a song with their demos or something, but I was thinking maybe since you're not giving giving us any new music, if they can do a box set, do record a finish a old song that was uh, was demoed, like for instance, Smoke, uh, something like that. Uh, that. And, and record it new um, and and put it out um, on the box set as a as a new release. Um, it's something to give you know the fans a, a, a new song at least, um, even though it was a demo, but it was never on the Kiss album or anything. So something like that, one of those demos, like Smoke, or it could be one of the other ones that weren't really didn't make it on an album, but it was a good song. Um, I would like them to go ahead and record it fully and and finish it off and put it on there i like what van halen did right yeah a whole, a whole album worth of those yeah she's the woman for yeah. instance mm-hmm. like that yeah what was it like nine of those songs actually came from way earlier demos or ideas so you know uh what would i like I, i'm almost afraid to say queen for a day because I'm afraid mm-hmm. that it's going to have the goddamn mongoloid man, you know, riff <laughs> for the 29th time and just be nothing but that again. Um, mm. 
So I, I think I would probably have to go with one of the pre-Elder demos, um, a pristine multi-track version of Deadly Weapons or maybe the original Feel Like Heaven, um, one of those mm-hmm. four songs recorded at Penny Lane before um, Bob became involved in that project. And, you know, I'd like to be surprised by something I didn't know about. So, you know, I, yeah. and, and anything like that would make me happy, you know, surprise me or something that mm-hmm. I've been wrong about even better. Um, so I, I don't really care anything at this point. Just something, please. Don't make us beg. All right, let's go to uh, another reserved topic, if we shall. shall. Daniel, you reserved a topic to talk about, so lead us into that one. Well, I would just like to put this one to sleep, or uh, uh, <laughs> because this one is, you can see this topic now and then on the uh, Kiss FAQ topic, uh, on the Kiss FAQ board, and uh, um, I'd like to hear your take on this one. This guy, P- Peter Slayer Erickson, is a fan of Slayer, and as you may tell, he's not a big fan of Kiss. And his question is, you know, you have to think this guy, he, he really likes, like, Tom Araya with all the gray and, you know, the belly and everything, just rocking. So his question was, why all the wigs and which one is the best one? So first of all, he can't seem to understand why Kiss wear wigs. And um, which one is the best one? Well, uh, when you have such a visual band like Kiss, you really can't do it another way. You have to put something up there if it's starting to, if the hairline is starting to receding. So, uh, I think you have. I think it would be worse if they didn't use wigs. But <laughs> my God, they they've used some bad ones through the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Amen. I, I I guess I'll focus on Gene because he was the first one who started to wear them. And I guess it started after Lick It Up tour, when you really could see that uh, it did really look the way it had looked up there. You know, it started to look a bit, uh, well, a receding hairline. So when he, it came time for Animal Eyes, he started to put on some wigs. Most of them were really horrible. But he, if it is a wig, I'm not even sure at this point, but the one he used on the revenge tour if that's a wig i don't know that looked kind of good and i never thought it was was a wig until i saw him back in 2012 somewhere around there when he went to south america and all of a sudden he had the same haircut once again (laughs) and then it struck me maybe that was a wig all along i would never have guessed it it was that good so that's my favorite wig if it is a wig uh, the revenge era other than that Oh my! The the Crazy Nights tour, you know, like Monsters of Rock, uh, that show that might be the worst one. When you can see him going out to the arena, adjusting his wig. If you've seen the video, he's adjusting his wig <laughs> to make it, you know, put it in the correct yeah. place. That's awful. But the Revenge wig, if it is a wig, uh, that looked good. What an interesting question. Especially from if someone who's a big Slayer fan, I mean, why yeah. all the wigs? Can you imagine Carrie King? I've seen pictures of him with hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, why is everyone wearing hats on this show? <laughs> We're all indoors. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so Daniel, I, I I know you used to have long hair, but mine my hairline's uh, in retreat. It's like the French. It, it is running backwards fast. <laughs> the French. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, English, hey. English guy. I can't can't help myself sometimes. I apologize. Should regret. Uh, why all the wigs? Exactly, because they need to look the same, you know, as much as possible, and their hair isn't always uh, functional, shall we say. Um, you know, there have been some pretty bad ones. Paul's wig at one point was absolutely horrendous, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, I was like, why even bother? Because then you'd see him on the street, and I was like, your hair looks great, um, yeah. you know, for what it is, but it doesn't look like kiss hair. It just looked right. good. My fav- my favorite is actually Gene's animalized one, The Heavens on Fire, it, just because it kind of changed how he looked. Really? Uh, yeah, so I, I was totally cool with that. But uh, you know, not not everyone wants to look like Slayer. <laughs> so, so, no. You know, Ken. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I mean, the, the reason he, I think that first wig happened was when uh, the Gene wore an animalized because he had that. He did the Runaway movie and he cut his he cut his, all his hair off. Um, so he needed a wig, that wig with that like leather, that leather yeah. uh, band around it, which looked kind of funny. Um, that didn't work for me, at least. Um, yeah, I, I have to agree though that the original one was Gene's best look um, throughout the you know without makeup uh, era. Um, his, his ones with, you know, with the makeup since has been fine or whatever. I just remember though a couple of Paul Stanley ones were there. There is he put it on wrong and it's like too far forward and it's over his eyes. And I'm like, what the hell? He's like, you can't see. I say, I like, man, it's like, it was bugging the hell out of me. I'm like, dang it, fix your wig, man. Put it, put it, pull it back. It was over his eyes. I was like, oh god, he put that on wrong. But whatever. Um, <laughs> it was some years back. Um, did we lose somebody? Oh, I think Daniel. Um, but anyway, that was the one. Now I see myself, but I don't see Mark. Oh, did you lose oh, me? Oh, I see him. I okay, see him. I'm... It's just the screen had uh, jumbled around on us. Yeah, who's using a me, Mac? Who's using a Mac? I am. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. Don't use Mac. We're seeing a, a preview of your desktop. Uh, of, oh. of, yeah, um, so, he's someone... sharing his screen, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's no. no. Project why? Gemini. I see now. Rock why. in the. He's he's promoting Project Gemini. <laughs> oh, no, but the, it. no, actually, it's it's the it's the long hair. See. Oh, is yeah. that? Oh, oh okay. okay. You wanted to show. It looks that. great. Is, is that yeah, Mark still has hair? Is that kinky? Yeah. Is that kinky porn cuff? I mean, what what was your name? <laughs> Kinky pork cream. Yeah. <laughs> pork I, can, I, can, I can never remember the name. That's great. Kinky pork porn cuff. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but no, this is a this is not long ago. Well, it's back from my band before that. But yeah, I still have the same length of hair. In case people are wondering about the hat, I still have the same hair, but it's just just mainly convenience, I guess, right? So there you go. Convenience. It takes longer to wash, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, but I mean, am I back there now? Okay. <laughs>
All right. So, all right. So, so, so we're back. Uh, was was there anything further on that topic, or can we stop wigging out and move on to something? We we can go on. Okay. Stop wigging out. I like it. Uh, hallelujah. All right. What post kiss music projects uh, do you think we are most likely to see? And this applies to all ex members too. All right. Hmm. Daniel, what do you think's most likely? I'm not uh, anticipating a lot. Um, Eric Singer will probably join a band much like uh, Mickey D did, you know. Uh, he, he got the Scorpions gig. Uh, Eric Singer, everyone knows he's a good drummer, so he, he'll, he'll have a good shot at landing a great gig. Tommy Thayer, hmm, I guess he'll stick to some sort of producing or helping bands. Uh, and I don't expect a lot from Gene and Paul. Uh, maybe doing some touring. You know, Paul Stanley's whatever it's called, the one when he, he does the falsetto singing and the other guys do all of the other singing. Soul Station? Yeah, Soul Station. Yeah. Something like that, maybe. Um, uh, but I do hope he would put a final album out, you know, going into the studio and doing something in the vein of uh, the one he did for Ace Frehley's album. I really liked that track and the way Paul sounded on that one. So if I could pick one thing from the guys after Kiss, I would pick a Paul Stanley solo album. Uh, and I would hope he would do it in uh, trying to sound more like the 78 solo album than the Live to Win album, even though I like the, 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 the Live to Win track. Uh, I think that's a good track. But uh, so I'm hoping for one final Paul Stanley album, but I'm not uh, counting on it. And uh, that's about what I'm hoping for. I, I don't think we'll get much more than from the other guys. No, I think hope is eternal for uh, lots of these things. Ken, mm -hmm. what would be one that you'd uh, most like to see? And we are we just talking about Paul? No, no, no anybody. No. Post-kiss mu music projects from anyone. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a, a Gene Simmons um, solo album, <clears throat> excuse me, um, with the current, you know, Gene Simmons band, record with them, and, and maybe take some of those old demos that he's had, you know, some of the better ones on his uh, box set, and you he has something else new that's pretty good. Um, use that. Uh, I'd love to hear a straight ahead, maybe rocking in Simmons album. Um, you know, more consistent than you know, kind of all over the place, which he's done. You know, it's, it's prior to it switches from one you know type to another. You know, from Beatlesque to hard rock to dance or what do you want to call it. But, you know, just, just kind of keep it, you know, go down that one lane and stay there and uh, try to make a consistent rocking album. Yeah, just have someone tell Gene when to come in and what to sing and what to do and then get out Gene and let them put it all together. That would be probably the best way to keep it from ending up like <clears throat> his last solo album. Mark? <clears throat> well, um, I'm really hoping for another Bruce Kulik record. Um, his stuff has always been pretty good of late. His records seem to be getting better and better and better. So I'm really hoping that there's going to be another Bruce Kulik record coming out. I'm really up for that. Um, as far as what I think could happen, um, 
I keep having this feeling that Paul Stanley will come through with some sort of a Soul Station record. Not that I'll be interested in it, but I just have this feeling that he will probably want to get that off his bucket list of something to do before he finally just stops altogether. Uh, but I, I agree with Ken. I think that Gene should definitely do a record with the Gene Simmons band that he had out with them. And, you know, I think that they would guide him the right way musically as far as what songs to do on record. I think it would sound really good, too, because they always sounded good live. And a band that sounds that good live will could normal. Well, normally, a lot of the times will sound even better in studio with the help of the magic of recording studio work. Right. So I think that he could come up with a really fantastic record with those guys backing him. So I, I I think that that could be a possibility. But again, it's all about timing, because could you imagine if Gene went and snatched his band back from Ace mid-tour saying, no, no, I need them back now. I'm going to do recording a record. That would be karma coming back to bite him, wouldn't it? Jesus, they'd end up feeling like Mark St. John in the Animal Eye sessions. Mm. All right. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just have to say, I think Dee Snyder did a pretty interesting thing. He, he said, I haven't written a song since 95. And now he, he joined up with a few contemporary players. And they wrote all the stuff for him and said, sing this. Do it like this. And it sounded pretty good. Yeah, you know, I, I like the Gene Simmons band idea uh, because as well as, you know, Gene getting on in years, it would be much easier for him to put the Gene Simmons band on tour with someone filling in for Gene because it would then still be the Gene Simmons band on tour and uh, he could stay home and just do the work in the studio and have someone who sounds similar to him do the stuff on stage um, and then not have to you know, wear out his old bones. But what I would most like is Peter's long lingering rock album. Mm. It's yeah. much of it is recorded. How, how much is finished? I have no idea. I, again, it's one of those things that um, I would like Peter to bookend his artistic career with whatever he's got. Get it done, you know. Get it, get it finished up. I, I want to hear some more Peter singing. Um, and I love the BK idea as well. But I really would like the album that we know that uh, he has put a lot of time and effort into and you know players like john five i think richie's on there i don't know uh, too many other details about it and how many songs and whatnot but you know even if it's only five or six songs are finished i i would really really enjoy that and i would like him to get that uh, glass chris in new york dvd done as well mm -hmm. put the, the two together just because uh again as a commemorative of the occasion i, I think a lot of fans would really dig it uh <laughs> in better quality than they've seen on YouTube. So that, that was a good question. I like that one. Um, yeah, we'll do it. Let's do a couple more. You know, I don't yeah. No, if, if no one's too strapped for time, here's a good, yeah. like uh, quick and easy one. Which color is most kiss and why purple, red, blue, green, or silver? And this is Martin Carlson, uh, editor, Sweden rock magazine. So I'll be better indeed. Answer your question. Let's uh, start in Sweden. Daniel. Well, to me, it's always been about silver and black. But black wasn't there, so I have to pick silver. Um, two, my two favorite colors, black and silver, <clears throat> and I guess it, it's because I've been so into Kiss. And uh, I think that when I think about Kiss, I think about that logo, logo, you know, silver on black uh, background. And uh, when they strayed away from the black and silver and started wearing green and even pink and purple and all this stuff. 
things started to uh, go south. So to me, it's always been about black and silver. That's Kiss to me. Nice. Mark? Um, well, I guess for me, I always think about this when I think about like the solo albums and their kind of auras behind them. And I guess, you know, the strongest colors from that, I always thought were always the red and the purple. But for me, my favorite color has always been red. So for me, I always think of red as the color of Kiss. Also because, you know, Gene and the blood and stuff like that. There's a lot of red association going on in there, too. So I, I kind of always I've always connected red with Kiss for some reason. Good one. Ken? Yeah, I agree with Mark. Uh, red. I mean, it's always been, seems to be red. Um, it's been a lot in their logos and and uh, on album covers, uh, certain, you know, album covers even. Um, like, you know, there was red and all different. Um, a lot of, most of their logos have the red and kind of like the fire flame kind of look or it's something like that. Or again, then there's Gene and the blood. Um, um, though, you know, red's not my technically favorite color, but I think that's the one that stands out. Uh, for me, as far as Kiss goes, it's on the logo behind you on the di- the Dynasty doll. There you go, red. Yeah, exactly. It was red in there. That's correct. All right. So for me, um, I'm going to go with fluorescent pink and fluorescent green and all the nice fluorescent <laughs> colors from the Asylum video. No, uh, I, I, I I totally agree with Daniel. Silver and black. You know, it, it, that that's totally what it is. I mean, the only other kind of color. I could really associate with Kiss is the color of fire, and that's when the flash pot's going <laughs> off on stage or a gene spitting fire. But I think black and silver, whether it's leather, you know, or the uh, the, the the under things that they wore after their costumes became, is just that and the shiny shit. So disco ball. So uh, none of the aura colors come into play for me. All right. Um, after the I've actually uh, before we uh, go to that one, Ken, let's do the your your dedicated topic. <laughs> shall we okay well which one two can i pick one of the two yeah okay uh all right so this came from uh i solicited <laughs> just last night last minute um but uh our buddy jody Havnut uh gave me a couple of uh, questions and one of them uh this one i thought was a good one too um he says uh if you had a time machine and could go back to witness one thing in history like a certain concert or recording session or what have you, uh, what would it be? Damn. And yeah, yeah. Do you want me to start on that one? It was, I was kind of starting to think about it. That's hard. There's so many, obviously, uh, different <laughs> things to do. But I thought about it. And I thought, you know what? What would, be, what would have been cool is to be a – to witness the Cadillac High be a be a, a a a student of the school and see all the hoopla that went on with the kiss you know out in the football field everyone putting the makeup on seeing them live in the uh in the i think it was the gym uh where where kiss played there um and and also uh the 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 parade and all that just that would have been just totally awesome to be part of that and, and witness it. So uh, I, I would have loved to have 
gone back and, and been there and to see all that happen. Wow, there's, there's so many here. My mind, my, yeah, my, my, my mind so is spinning. So I, I, just, exactly. I, I just get to abuse my position to go around the table, so I have longer to think. Daniel. <laughs> okay, I'd like to sit uh, next. <laughs> I'd like to sit next to Paul when he decided that Mark Saint John would be the one getting the gig, getting the gig, and I would have said no, pick Bruce or someone else. Uh, no, when you actually think about history. You think about the live shows, uh, and there are quite a few I would have liked to attended. Tiger Stadium would have been pretty cool, you know, the, the first show, the first real show of the uh, reunion era. But uh, being there in 77 would have been even greater, you know, maybe Houston. Uh, but I think the coolest one would have been if, if you just walked in the Coventry, you know, in 74 without knowing mm. anything. And looking at the, the 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 billboard or something, and and seeing Kiss, I never heard of them, but let's check them out. And then entering the Coventry, a few people there, and then you see that band coming on stage. It would shock your senses. And uh, I think that would have been the the greatest thing without knowing about them and seeing that live back in the day, when they really stuck out, you know. So that's my pick. You know where I'm going next, Mark. Mm-hmm. Well, um, <clears throat> the one thing I would have loved to have seen is uh, I would have loved to have been in Australia in 1980 when they came there the mm. first time. During that whole huge hoopla and attend all those uh, <clears throat> different functions that they had and all those you know crazy uh, crowds there that they had around the hotels. It's just that whole scene then must have been just incredible to see at that time. And plus, uh, you know, he had a very young, fresh Eric Carr with the band. And uh, I've always loved those, uh, you know, clips that you get from those from that time. And even the concert that they have on the Kissology from the Australian tour is really good. So uh, I would have loved to have been there for that. I think that's one of the highlight moments in Kiss's career. And just to be there, you know, kind of how you were explaining your situation, Ken, with being at that event, right? I'd like mm-hmm. to be at this. I'd like to be at this sort of an event to see how how would it would have been there to be in person there to see it. All right. Well, you guys yeah. have made this no easier for me to figure out <laughs> what I would go back and do. You know, I could easily say, oh, first show of the Love Gun Tour to see if that, you know, what the set list was, or the first show of the U.S. leg of the Destroyer Tour. Same reason. Um, I, I don't think I want to see them in the clubs. I think I want to be sitting on a chair while they audition guitarist in December 1972. So is that kind of seeing them in a show? No, but if I could go back in time and witness one thing, it would definitely be to witness those auditions and just see, you know, what it was like and the expressions on their faces as these different players came in um, and to see that, to see the reaction of when Ace plugged in and played with them um, for the first time, to see if there was anything in their eyes of, you know, by Jesus, we found him. You know, uh, that would be the thing I would love to see the most. Other, other than that, Wicked Lester, it, it'd be I would just love to see Lester. You know, have been, go back in time and see Gene and Ball 
muddling their way through that set <laughs> you know um <laughs> knowing what we know and knowing what they've said and having heard the material i think that would just be kind of wonderful to to experience uh, all the other the kiss stuff there are just too many things that you know yeah. i i just you know I, I need to do a top 10 of things to go back in time to well, to see julian i thought you would have chosen uh, um going back to the point of where they're uh, trying to choose the makeup and the outfit for Eric Carr, it, it, watching the, the chicken hawk, him try on the chicken hawk outfit and <laughs> and put on that makeup at the time. I, that would have been funny just to see how they're coming up. Like uh, they they put it all together. Like, yeah, that doesn't look. <laughs> we need something else. Yeah, I, I mean, you could easily say first show of the creatures tour as well. I mean. Were they wearing the love gun costumes? You know, any of those yeah. things are the, oh, the, yeah. the mysteries that remain. Or maybe in my personal history, I should say, go back to Bingham to 1984 and actually go to the freaking concert that I could have gone to and yep. you know see Mark St. John play with the band. But there you, go. you know, again, there's so many. I mean, that'll be a great one to put out to people maybe listening to the show today. I mean, what is the and don't be like Julian and pick ten. Uh, what is the one? <laughs> thing that if you could go back in time uh, a really good one let's do a couple more just before we wrap up here's a quick and easy one um which kiss member would be most likely to be on the first manned space shuttle to mars does <laughs> <laughs> uh bjorn heideson uh again from sweden and uh that's an easy one for me to answer mm-hmm. paul stanley he's the only person in the band who's probably healthy enough to make it out of the atmosphere um and hey he works out you know he, he's a pretty rough guy uh you know so he, he could go into space. Ace ain't getting anywhere near uh, any space program uh, with his history. So, uh, Daniel? Well, I'd pick Ace. He's the only one crazy enough to do it. I think if it's the first one going there, I think Ace would, would go in an instant. If he, he, he talked about it as early as, you know, 1980 in those interviews. I think Tom... Snyder, he said he wanted to go to space and, and stuff like that. So I'd pick Ace Frehley just because his his mind has been blown, you know. Hearing him speaking sometimes <laughs> make me uh, scared of him. He talks about UFOs and, you know, being from other planets and stuff like that. Uh, he's just out of his mind. So I'd say Ace Frehley would go in an instant, even if it was very unsafe. I think Paul Stanley would wait a few for a few ones to see how it goes. Well, this one, yeah. So, and then maybe it would go, but, but the first space shuttle, I'd say ace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow I don't see Paul actually going. He'd want to stay home with his family, but <laughs> there you go. Virgin Galactic is about ready to fly. So maybe ace, uh, you know, if he, if Gene wants him to do anything, he's going to have to buy ace a ticket on Virgin Galactic. Uh, Ken. Oh. Expensive. Yeah, I was gonna say Ace, because just like you said, Virgin Atlantic, they're they're coming up with these uh, spacecraft now that that's like almost like an airliner can take a certain amount of passengers up. You know, you pay a certain amount of money to to get a ride and get out there. Um, though if it was an actual mission to Mars, I don't think they would allow any guest member. <laughs> to go, to go. No. I mean, you need a real uh, space cadet, you know, uh, astronaut to 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 do that to do that work. <laughs> but uh, if just going out into space on one of those uh, newer fangled things, um, orbit the Earth, yeah, I, I 
I would pick Ace. All right, Mark. <laughs> did we ask you? No, but I'm I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna also say what they said. I mean, it just seems like a complete no-brainer. I think Ace because I mean the man just released an album called Spaceman. It's like Ace really not going into space. It's kind of like finding out that Aquaman's afraid of water or something, you know. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 I think that it's just like hand in hand, you know. So I, I would go, I would go with Ace for sure. All right, I think we've got time for one more question, and this is uh, again from our buddy Jody at Autograph uh, Podcast Rock City. Uh, what's the one thing you would erase from history if you could, without the butterfly effect happening? Just erase something without any adverse reaction. What would it be? An album? A member? A song? And uh, thanks for the kind words, Jody, and uh, everyone at Podcast Rock City for your mm-hmm. shout-out to me in your recent episode. Appreciate it. So uh, let's start with you on that, Ken. Yeah, um, this one, uh, yeah, Butterfly Flex, you know, that kind of thing, you know. Um, I, I kind of thought about it. The only thing... Want to remove any members, even though you know Mark, like for instance, Mark St. John was there a short period of time, but you know he has a living impact on the solo L, you know the uh, soloing on the Animalize. Um, so I'm gonna go with <laughs> I'm gonna go with Carnival of Souls um, album because shoot that was pretty much a a nothing um, uh, in the world of music. Uh, it just kind of went by. Uh, it was as an afterthought um, by the time it was released. Uh, I don't think people cared or the general public. Um, and even even Kiss fans, even though there's some good music on I, that I like on it, could I have lived without that? You know, it could have been just still stayed in the vaults for forever. Yeah, it, it could have stayed there and, and not hearing it wouldn't have killed me. So, um that's the one thing. I don't think there would be any butterfly effect, really, uh, that would have affected anything going downstream if that never was released. Hmm. Nice. And we're not concerned about the butterfly effect, so uh, it, can, it can be absolutely anything whatsoever. Daniel, what would you erase? Ooh, you said butterfly one. effect. <laughs> it, it, it's a hard one, but um, I guess the main problem with for me with Kiss's career is... Uh, you know the years from 79 to 81 so I would change something there and they started to play music that really didn't sound like the kiss you knew Um, maybe it's hard to say don't put out the album because I like something from every album but maybe if they didn't put out uh, let's see the, the elder they skipped that one and instead, they would have listened to Ace and tried to do something more in the, you know, more like Creatures of the Night, or maybe just wait a year and, and put out Creatures of the Night. Uh, so I wouldn't cry rivers if the Elder never existed, actually. It's fun, but uh, I never liked it. So I'd, 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 I'd uh, skip that one and go right into Creatures. Okay, Mark. Well, when I first saw this question come up, something immediately popped into my head and right away put a big smile on my face. If I could actually have this happen is to erase from all time the very first meeting of Bob Ezrin and Kiss when he first met in Toronto that time. 
Because without that meeting, <laughs> nothing would have happened between them. They would have just continued on, like nothing would have happened, and it would have been a beautiful, lengthy career for Kiss. Okay. So, so Bob, as, that would have helped me. That would have helped me as well. And then there would yeah. have yeah. See, so we're on the same. Yeah. Yeah, because might be pretty good. Because they wouldn't still be a band by 1981. <laughs> <laughs> and and Beth would have never become a hit. Yeah. Probably would have made the album. Casablanca would have been bankrupt in 1975. <laughs> no, no. We uh, don't know that for sure. No, because we're not talking about the butterfly effect. Okay, so, yeah. you, you know, I, I thought maybe go back to that one moment, that one nanosecond where Paul did something that damaged his voice. That uh, led, led yeah. to him. But that's just, again, butterfly effect, we're not allowed. So... An album. Oh, go back to the moment where Paul decided, yeah, that's a great cover. Let's use that for Asylum. No, that's just a little bit too stupid. Um, I'm going to go back to when Gene and Paul decided to sell their catalog control. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think that had they not done that or had to do that, um, and again, we don't know all of the ramifications that are involved in that one decision. I just like the idea that they control everything throughout their career and never lost control of it to the point where they're like a Motley Crue or these bands that just are able to do with their catalog as they wish and have control over their their own art. So um, I, I don't want to erase any members. I don't want to erase any albums because, again, even mistakes and failures make for good books. So good stories. So I, I, I just think, or maybe not investing in certain coal mines, but, uh, you know, there, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Bad economic decisions. Let's erase those so that uh, they, they didn't ever have to worry about that. We've got a few more questions left, but I think we're going to save these up for another episode. And, uh, you know, for everyone who's listened to some of these questions people have been sending in, you know, I hope it motivates you to send some in because we do enjoy you know, just taking a little bit of time out from doing structured topics and just addressing some of these fun ones, even if they're trips to Mars. So <laughs> we, we do appreciate everyone who has sent some in. And uh, if we didn't get to yours today, we certainly will. Um, but I guess let's leave that there for now. So, gentlemen, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. But now for Mark, from Daniel, from Ken and myself, thanks for listening. And we shall see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.